everybody and welcome to Actually Podcast. I'm your host Jasmine and on Actually I usually talk about what's going on in the world and what's interesting to me. Uh, There's a lot going on. Some of the things I'm just going to choose not to talk about because I'm not falling for the Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey type of nonsense around people trying to sell albums and album cycles. So What I am going to talk about is the Wendy Williams issue. So there are a couple things going on with Miss Wendy. Her show has been canceled. I also want to talk about Wendy's issues going on with her bank, Wells Fargo. Seems like there's some shadiness going on there. And I also wanted to talk a little bit about euphoria, not in the way that you think. So let's get started. So I don't know about you, but I've been a really big fan of Wendy Williams for more years than I can count. I remember when she had her radio show in New York and it was syndicated. And then I remember she'd always wanted to have her own daytime talk show. And I remember when it finally happened and she got her sneak peek and the show got picked up. It was so cool. You know, I know she can be polarizing. I know some people really really don't care for her style um some people you know think that she's been mean over the years and made a career of talking about people that is also true unfortunately you know media and entertainment journalism has changed over the years and it looks a lot closer to what Wendy Williams has been doing her entire career and I just think it's funny how people really get upset with her when there are a lot of people Tasha K who are doing things that are a lot worse and actually fabricating stories instead of putting things out there that are being reported on as gossip um you know no matter how you feel about Wendy I just think it's really sad all of the trials that she's gone through over the past few years on top of her actual health issues and I just wish her well so right now we actually got word that her show the Wendy Williams show will be canceled in June, which will bring this show's 14-year run to an end. So over this past season, we've had guest hosts come in and fill in for Wendy with the anticipation that she would be returning later on in the season. So you had um, Michael Rappaport, you had Leah Remini, you had Michelle Visage from RuPaul's Drag Race, um, Remy Ma, Fat Joe, Bevy Smith, and Terrence J, who were personally my favorites. So one of the people that was hosting Sherry Shepard, she is going to be listed as the permanent guest host for the remainder of this season of the Wendy Williams show, and then we'll be getting her own show starting in September. Um, Congratulations to her. No ill feelings towards her. 
I just think the whole situation and the way that it was done was just really very strange, very odd. And with hearing from Wendy herself about issues that she's had with the production company, Deb Mar Productions, who produces the Wendy Williams show, I unfortunately am not surprised. You know, I think when the industry finds somebody who's unique, um, whether this is in TV or music, I think they want to try to replicate that and try to make more money off of someone else and kind of knock people off their pedestal so they don't have to really give them their percentage of what they are owed for being this talented, unique individual. I think you see that a lot in streaming services. Um, You know, you have shows on these streaming networks that are very, very popular, huge fan base. It gets to about a season three. All of a sudden, the writing and things start to change. It seems to not be the same kind of show. The show gets canceled and then they try to bring on another show that's very similar. It just is this kind of thing that's going on in Hollywood right now where they're making clones of things and people trying to spread it a bit too thin, excuse me, and make things kind of like trends. And that's a lot of what I'm seeing here in the Wendy kind of kind of issue you know I think that there are different shows that are really trying to do this format that she's come up with with these hot topics and really have hot takes on things and it really just comes off as a replica to me that in my personal opinion it just comes off as a replica um I wish everyone well. I know it was probably hard for some of the people at her show because they had been with her for so long. But, you know, when the production company says, well, this is over, but we're giving you a job with this new show, you know, times are hard. (laughs) So I'm sure, you know, financially people went along with it. Now, that isn't to say that there might be some people behind the scenes who supposedly had been leaking stories about Wendy um, did not have malicious intent and for whatever reason they had certain things came out and I know she was very very close to her staff and considered them like family so it was really heartbreaking to hear certain things come out and things get spilled to tabloids all of a sudden that were things that had happened in the past. It's almost like when you kick someone when they're down. Anyhow, the Wendy Williams show will be ending in June, but for me personally, the Wendy Williams show ended when Wendy wasn't on. And I am a loyal watcher, follower. Um, I like the mess. I like, she is her own pop culture moment. And that's just something that can't be replicated. But, um, you know, I'm hoping personally that she creates a podcast. I think if she takes some time off, does like a monthly or a bi-weekly podcast with a host, 
almost like how she and Charlemagne were. I think it would be perfect for her because in that way, she can still have her, you know, career of having her own show. She can still give us those hot take Wendy moments and she can do it on her own terms without worrying about production companies wanting to get more sponsors or wanting to change her or have a say in who she is. So, um, so yeah, I just, I really, I wish everyone well, but for me, as I said, you know, I can't wait for Wendy's next avenue because it's going to be spectacular. And you know, Wendy, either it's going to be a book or a movie or a show, but everything that's going on right now, I have a feeling she's going to let us know exactly what's been going on. So to keep going on um, our topic of Wendy Williams today, there is a court case going on with Wendy and her bank, Wells Fargo. And it looks like Wendy had been working with a financial advisor, Lori Schiller, for about 14 years or so. And over the years, it seemed like they had a fine relationship. And it seems like over the past year or so, it came out that Wendy was doing an audit of her financial investments and her books and found out something she didn't like because she decided to let Lori Schiller go. By this time, Lori Schiller had become an employee of Wells Fargo, so Wendy's money was there. And for some reason, once this woman, Lori Schiller, was fired, she decided to make a claim with Wells Fargo stating that she believed that Wendy Williams was being exploited and that her health issues created an an instance where she was no longer of sound mind and that they should freeze her assets. I don't know about you, but I have never heard of a situation where a disgruntled employee can go in and basically control something that they no longer are a part of. It's really disconcerting to see that something like this can happen. And they're hiding it behind the guise of, well, New York State has something where the banks can go in and request proof of, uh, you know, guardianship or things like that. And, um, to make sure that, you know, the person is being protected and the money's being protected. So before the case was sealed, which Wells Fargo and this person, Lori Schiller, and one other person wanted to have sealed before it went to court, which is also very interesting why um, things would be sealed, but uh, it came out that they wanted the per, the documents that are needed to prove that there is a power of attorney, that there is someone who is um, in charge of the person who owns the account in case something should happen to them, and someone that can basically take ownership of, you know, running that person's finances. 
So before the case was sealed, it came out that Wendy and her team did actually provide those documents and for some reason, Wells Fargo still did not want to release the money. As I said, the case has now been sealed. The judge granted that, but I'm also hearing Wendy granted a um, restraining order against Wells Fargo. And again, this all happened before the case was sealed. So we unfortunately won't know what's happened or what's going on um, because it's under now lock and key. This is just my opinion, but I just think it's very strange, again, that a disgruntled employee can all of a sudden have concerns about what's going on and be able to have the power to have an institution freeze someone's assets. Freezing their assets to the point where Wendy is default on her properties and actually paying her staff. That just seems extremely bizarre to me. Hopefully everything will get worked out. I believe it will. Hopefully, like it will be happening here in California with the Free Britney case, which again, this is giving me a lot of vibe on that same kind of situation. But I think that um, this will hopefully be a step in the right direction of re-establishing what it means to have these conservator cases where people's rights and you know their access to their property will not just be something that's kind of cleared out across the board by a judge and by people who you know want to speak for them and they shouldn't have a say you know these are women who are icons they are empires someone from the outside should not be able to come in and freeze your assets because they didn't like that you fired them um again alleged all in all inclusive you know entertainment purposes but this is how things have been laid out in the story so um i know that wendy is um in florida now she actually has a new Instagram where her son and her were taking a walk on the beach. She seems like she's doing well. She seems like she is of sound mind, good spirit. So I'm hoping the best for Wendy and her family. I know that her father just celebrated his 91st birthday and it was hard on the family when her mom passed away and that was right before COVID while she was going through her divorce from her um her old business partner and and ex-husband but um I just wish the best for her I hope this gets cleared up with the bank and I hope that we take a really hard look at these corporations and how they can do things without consent and how that needs to end So like everyone, I am completely obsessed with Euphoria. I love Zendaya, um, Zendaya Stan. Um, I also love a lot of the other actors that are on the show. I think they're brilliant. I think they're fearless. I think they're really doing some amazing work. However, I think there is an issue with Euphoria that 
you know, people are starting to talk about and it needs to be brought to the surface on what's going on with certain showrunners and, you know, these shows. So there's been speculation that there are issues behind the scenes of Euphoria where certain cast members are having a lot of say in their character arc and others who maybe the showrunner Sam Levinson is not agreeing with and he's deciding not only to not compromise with the actors, which I understand because it is his show, but he's actually going as far as cutting them out of season or even off the show. So Barbie Ferreira, who plays Kat on the show, who is one of my favorite characters, she is the girl who basically came in as like kind of quiet. She was the plus size friend who was kind of finding herself in her sexuality and she did. And I really love the character. I think the way that Barbie plays the character is so complex and really interesting. And they had her have her new love story for end of season one into season two. And it just seemed like when season two started, we were seeing her, but you know, she was going through her, her issues of, you know, her mental health. And then it just seemed like we were seeing less and less and less and less. And her story felt very disjointed. And I just kind of thought it was very strange. That's when I looked into it. And then I heard that she and the showrunner, Sam Levinson, had a conflict about where the arc for Barbie should go. And it resulted in her basically being cut very, very way back for this season. Which is strange because then you hear about people like Sydney Sweeney, who plays Cassie on the show, who I also think is a fantastic actress, where she is having a lot of input into her character and they're changing, you know, scenes and, you know, adding things to be able to reflect feedback that she's given. I just think it's odd how you have one person who's given a lot of leeway and being able to have a lot of power and another person who's voicing concerns or, you know, their, you know, feedback and they're being reprimanded to the point of being cut down. Also, the the actor who played McKay on the show, he only made an appearance very briefly on the beginning of season two. He was in season one. He wasn't shown very much and he had a pretty big storyline with Cassie and then it was just kind of done away with, which I thought was odd. But I, I feel like there are definitely favorites. You can you can see that very obviously as far as how the show is structured and how the storytelling is being portrayed. I think that there are definite favorites on the show, but I actually have another theory of why there are certain characters who are kind of not being highlighted in the show and been taken off the show. This is my opinion. Some people might think it's a stretch, but I do think for Sam Levinson, the show is very much a visual medium for him to express 
what his memories were. As he says, euphoria is supposed to be based on a bit of his experience growing up. Um, I don't know necessarily if the Rue experience was his experience, but I know that he talked about it being something that was very close to his upbringing, um, which is, you know, I respect that. And when you tell stories, you should be able to have, you know, a blank canvas to be able to tell the story how you want. I think the problem comes in when you have visual mediums and you want things shot a certain way. And then you don't have an actual makeup of a school or a party and you don't really have people of other ethnicities there now people might think that's two different issues and I agree I think it is two different issues I think it's one it's his way of doing his storytelling and that's fine but I think it's another thing it it just looks very it's it's glaring to me it's giving very friends where you know we're in a high school setting and you don't see any people of color besides you know Rue and Dominic Feige who's on this season who's only on here and there it it just seems really strange how you're not seeing predominantly you know other African Americans in the show so you have now you have Rue and you have her sister Stormy Reed and you have the woman who plays her mom and then you have her um her AA you know sponsor but that's kind of where it ends you know that story is very compartmentalized it's not really bled through the show so it seems weird that we're not seeing other characters of color throughout the friend group I'm not even seeing them in the backgrounds of the parties of the school I'm not really seeing them anywhere and it just it just seems very strange to me on top of you know, having these characters who, you know, are trying to have their say on their characters, just as other people on the show are, and they're kind of being cut away. So what I will say is, again, storytellers, showrunners, creators, they really should have their own say when they're telling their story. And that's completely fine. I think when you do that, you run the risk of alienating a lot of people to where people don't really feel like they fully want to invest. And I think that's one of the things as a storyteller, you have to suspend disbelief. You have to completely have the audience trust you to want to go on the journey and for me as I'm seeing this season in particular which has been explosive I am starting to have those questions and I'm starting to kind of divest 
from it a little bit because some of the characters that I identified with or the ones that I really wanted to learn more about that I felt weren't getting that time are being minimized or just not even a part of the show at all. So again, I think, you know, it is a great show. Love Zendaya. I, I love, you know, the topics the show is bringing up and I think, you know, for people saying, oh, it's high school, I think they should have placed it in college. It's a little extreme for high school. You would be surprised, you know, what goes on. And I can't even imagine when I was in high school, what was going on compared to now. I'm sure it is extremely accurate as to what is going on right now. Um, But, you know, again, when you're a storyteller, when you're a creator, it's your show. You have your own show and that's your vision. But sometimes when it becomes a singular vision, sometimes it's just, it just doesn't really give what it gave before. And it leads people to want to question and maybe turn on the show. Now, with that being said, it's already been renewed for a season three. Some are saying that they think season three will be the final season. I don't know about that. I think it would be fitting to possibly have it be the final season just because it's those kind of three years of high school and having it be wrapped up. Um, But, you know, with everything, if something is a success and a huge blockbuster hit like Euphoria is... I don't know if they'll be willing to turn their backs on that, but either way, I will be watching and I'll still be questioning, but I just hope that maybe with feedback that he's getting now about, you know, people talking about these things, you know, maybe the show can evolve and maybe it can get back to what it was intended to be, which was a true, you know, depiction of high school and friend groups and what that looks like. Here we are at the end of another episode. I thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next time. Bye! Hey everyone and welcome to Actually Podcast. I'm your host Jasmine and on Actually I usually like to talk about things going on in the world and things that are interesting to me. And I'm back. It has been a long hiatus but so much has been going on in my life so I haven't had time to really sit down and talk to you guys but I've been missing you so much and I can't wait to just sit down and have our little chat. So this week I wanted to talk about manifestation. Manifestation is just this huge thing that people keep talking about but what is it really about and how do we kind of get in touch with that kind of thinking? I also want to talk about pride because it is pride month and I wanted to talk about Oh, so much music coming out. We just had Drake come out yesterday and Beyonce is coming out with her seventh album this summer. There's just a lot to talk about. Movies, music. Let's just get started.